Drive Time Lincoln, sponsored by Barry Law Firm. For over 50 years, Barry Law Firm has been fighting for veterans' rights. Visit BarryLawFirm.com to learn more. He's a lifelong Nebraskan, commander of the U.S. Navy SEAL Team and U.S. Special Operations. He's served around the globe and now at home in Lincoln, Nebraska, speaking the truth to the state capitol. Barry Law Firm is proud to present Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. Uh, it's still crime week, uh, mixed in with a little severe weather, um, although I think the uh, worst of it for Lincoln-Lancaster County has passed by. Uh, we are still in a red flag warning um, till 9 p.m. So uh, I know our severe storm team uh, was in doing a live, as well as a lot of the local stations, and like I said, I, I believe the uh, worst has passed. Uh, but we'll keep you updated if there's anything. I know there's a lot of Lincolnites and folks around the county with power down right now. So uh, understand that uh, probably LES and first responders uh, may be out and about trying to get things uh, back to normal. But yeah, quite a bit of wind today, without a doubt, on day 113 of the mask siege. Uh, we're still in it. We have to be getting close to the end, don't you think? Um, I'm still detainee 3101 in this mass mandate, and detainee 722 is on the board again today, the producing board. I do have to say, um, when I got the call last night from LPS and my kids were celebrating, I, I, was, not, uh, I was not in agreement. However, uh, as one Twitter fo- person <laughs> would call me out on it, uh, because I made a quip on Twitter about it at my account, Riggins underscore Jack. Uh, at Tridalist showed me a nice video of what it would have been like to pick up sc- kids at school. Yeah. So, without a doubt, I was wrong on that call. Uh, good job to LPS for going safety first. As I came into the newsroom tonight, the severe weather team also left the notes. The parents would have been picking up at school right now. Hey, listen. I was wrong. Fair and simple. I was wrong. Um, although a good majority of the day was pretty normal. Uh, school pickup would have been a disaster. People up in the uh, northwest side of town with winds at 93 miles an hour. We would have had some little munchkins flying flying through the air. I mean, this, this could have turned into you know the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy flying. So I hope everybody's safe. And like I said, uh, that was my opinion last night. I was clearly wrong. LPS made a good call, and uh, I am sure that we avoided a lot of confusion. So it is a whatever Wednesday, and uh, although I'm focusing on Crime Week, our guest, uh, because of this weather, is going to come in on Friday with uh, Tom Nesbitt, former State Patrol Colonel and uh, spokesman for the Lincoln Safety Foundation. He'll be in on Friday, and uh, County Attorney Pat Condon will be on tomorrow to help us round out Crime Week. And then uh, currently working with uh, LPD to get the new chief on. Uh, so again, if you have questions, uh, love the procedure of having to provide questions uh, prior for her coming on the show. I think that's always wise as somebody of her stature. But uh, some of you are going to have more questions than I do. Um, so I'm happy to hear those here on whatever Wednesday or whatever's on your mind. So... Um, 
Let's go to Jason on line one. Hey, Commander. Uh, thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Uh, a question. I liked what you just said a minute ago, so I won't double up on that. Uh, the detainee thing, you've been saying that for quite a while now. And and you know this as a SEAL, former SEAL. Yeah, they have, they have training for if you ever, God forbid, became a detainee or wherever captured or whatever, and what you can do, can't do, should do, shouldn't do. I know you don't mean anything terrible by it, but there are detainees around the world, Commander. You know it right now as you you know, broadcast your show and then head home later. I think it cheapens, uh, you know, the whole idea on this whatever Wednesday. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I know you don't mean anything terribly malicious by it. It's somewhat tongue-in-cheek, even though your you know, undertones are serious. Well, it, it, you're right. It, number one, there are detainees out in the world being held against their will, um, no doubt about it, or captured in some way. I mean, the word can be used, so you bring that to light, which is true statement. And you are right. I do it tongue-in-cheek. I hope that the listeners understand that as I use it with regard to the mask mandate um, in coming up with a skit, and I don't mind you bringing it to light. Uh, my hope is that people understand that, um, and that I am not being held against my will, nor do I think the citizens of Lincoln or Lancaster County are. Uh, I'm using it for effect in the fact that I don't agree with the mask mandate. And I understand that, and I appreciate that explanation, you know. Well, and I probably should do it more because you never know. There might be people that tune in and uh, take the tongue-in-cheek nature a little too serious because I'm all about uh, peaceful protest and communicating to try to work through things. Um, and at the same time, yeah, words and, and meanings, some people can get uh, maybe a little more bent out of shape. And, um, no, it's a good call. I appreciate you, Thank you calling okay. in. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Well, that's a good call. I mean, that really is a good call. I mean, you know, you don't have to discuss, even though I'm an on-air personality, you you know, you're trying to do things, you're trying to create um, interesting items for people. And that very easily could have been a discussion we had on the street or a friend of mine or a family member might have with me. And I I don't mind that at all. Um, You know, if if I'm wrong, I'm going to admit it. And uh, will I keep doing the detainee thing? I probably will. But I am going to ask 722 to remind me to let everybody know it's tongue-in-cheek. Um, and I want you to take it that way. That's how it's intended. Uh, but that's, a, that's two people just communicating. And I like that. I mean, if I could have the show, you know, at some time, you know, end or get to a thing and say, well, what, what did we accomplish on the show? What we did is we got people in Lincoln and Lancaster County more aware of the items and issues that affect them every day, thinking and researching on their own to make informed opinions so that when they go to vote or when they go to you know, express themselves, um, we can have conversations to make decisions better for all the people that live around here because I think that's a key cornerstone of American freedom. I just wanted to add that uh, when, when you and I discussed before we gave me my detainee number and we, I wanted to make sure I knew all your specifics there and uh, what I was getting myself into. And that's where I, I dove in and I said, yeah, I'm a part of this too. Let's give me detainee number 722. So there's a little bit more of my backstory there. 
Yeah, and I think it just depends, right, on how people, you know, we do cover some serious topics. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but at the same time, we like to have a little bit of fun. We like to just uh, not get take ourselves too serious, and we hope that... Uh, you know, when we're covering things, if you have a question, you know, call in, text in. We're very responsive. But good call, Jason. Dan online, too. Hey, Commander. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I've been trying to call in uh, this week. Um, I know. I, I, like tried to, I tried to use, like, 20 minutes of radio yesterday to tell you you can call in, finally, and talk about masks. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much. I want to do that. First, I want to say that I'm happy that... Uh, Having Pat Condon on the radio, I think that race is probably the most important race in uh, Lincoln and Lancaster this next election cycle. I think that um, to keep uh, uh, what I've heard is uh, that uh, the opponent is uh, heavily funded by Soros from from uh, from from the uh, uh, many year for many years uh, when his nonprofit started, and so uh, uh, I think that. That race with uh, Pat Condon is probably the most important race in Lancaster. But um, I wanted to to say that with the mask, I don't foresee any end to this masking uh, anytime soon, uh, despite what some people might say. I think that um, if if we go by some other rumors that we heard that uh, um, Steve Joel was lobbying the health department to get the mask mandate countywide, if that's true, then it seems like uh, that the LPS is one of the main drivers uh, for the mask mandate. I mean, going to change. They're not going to change. I mean, I'm not. not gonna... You know, like you said, rumors. The key word there. Yeah. I mean, we all hear a lot of things. The one thing I will say yeah. is that it doesn't. It doesn't seem by the city's own metrics that they would remove the mask mandate uh, based on how they've been justifying it. But I would say this, and I've been saying this on the show for a while, which is the one thing we haven't tried is just kind of returning to normal and beginning to live with this. And I have heard rumors on both sides that, you know, it's going to go away, it's going to stay, it's going to go away. In the end of the day, I think right now with the way the numbers are, if it did go away, it would just be one of those things where it's like, look, and I'm fine with it. We tried something. It's not having the effect we intended. We're not going to keep this mass mandate on. But, you know, it remains to be seen. And I guess on the 23rd, uh, we'll know. But it would be very hard given how... The city, the mayor, and the health director have justified it since August uh, so. to pull back from a numbers standpoint. Uh, in the yeah, end, of I the- don't see a change until uh, the end of the school year. Until the school year winds down, I think that's when we'll see. When summer comes, they'll probably end the mask mandate, kick it back up in the fall again. I think that uh, it's going to be something that uh, the powers that be in Lincoln and Lancaster will want to keep as long as they can. I think um, some people love it. Well, there's no doubt about that. Thanks for the call, Dan. Thanks, Commander. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we all hear a lot of rumors, and, um, you know, in in the end of the day, I I still hold with this. I mean, I have had some uh, points of, uh, you know, differing points, especially on some of the presentations Dr. Ronner has given at the school board. Um, I would prefer more information on the effects of the teachers and the kids, their mental health, you know, their physical health, their educational, you know, growth, uh, their social growth, the things that you know a mask is having an impact on, but 
you don't exactly know why or we haven't seen studies. You know, that's how I, I, you know, the commander, Jack Riggins, on the show, that's how I would like the school board uh, to be addressing and looking at the problem. And I say that because the city's already covering down on weekly COVID briefings for the the vast majority of all of us in Lancaster County. And most of that data, right, is adults. Now, having said that, I've also said, listen, I don't expect the LPS board, while their city-county health mandate has a mask, to go against their health director. Uh, It's just, I mean, could they? Yes. Yes, they could say, you know, we don't see it this way, and we're going to do this. But there's a lot of reasons that that's political suicide, relationship suicide, a lot of reasons why, you know, that doesn't necessarily make sense. It may make sense for what I think about masks and maybe, you know, 50% of Lincolnites, but then it doesn't make sense for the other 50% of Lincolnites who, again, all of our children are there. So in the end of the day, you know, while Lincoln has a mask mandate and it's, you know, literally by the health director supported by the mayor, the school is going to follow suit. It's just the way it's going to be. Now, what would be interesting, now I'm going into hypothetical world, what would be interesting, right, is what if a city, or us in this case, if LPS said, no, we're not going to do it, (laughs) well, would that mean that there would be some kind of carrot and stick from the health department and the mayor? I mean, would there be restrictions? I don't know. But, you know, would it be similar to what's happening with businesses with Joe Biden and the VAX mandate, right? OSHA or hospitals and CMS. I don't know. In the end, LPS is going to follow suit. Again, I've said direct all your frustrations, questions, concerns on masks to the health director and the mayor. With regard to the school board, I think it's absolutely fair that we understand the impacts of masking to our kids as this has gone on a year and a half. Um, You know, they may not have data, say, from LPS, but certainly other schools. And listen, there's clearly some cracks in the hole, meaning people getting frustrated because you have other local outlets reporting that 92% of teachers in LPS are concerned about the mental health of students. You have another report unsubstantiated. I can't. I cannot substantiate it, but the report is out there that, you know, one-third of teachers are thinking of leaving LPS. If you think that they just picked this year to kind of discuss 92% concern for mental health as well as, you know, one-third of your workforce thinking about either retirement or something else, well, that probably has to do with the second and third order effects coming from masking. Fair enough. Um Just some questions. Again, uh, working hard. We're going to have Pat Condon on uh, tomorrow, the county attorney. Um, After that, on Friday, we'll have the Lincoln Safety Foundation and their spokesman, uh, Colonel Tom Nesbitt, on. And I'm just, it's it's police week. I'm in contact with LPD, and we're trying to get the chief on. We've tried multiple times. It just hasn't happened. And, um, you know, I have my own set of questions. Most of you hear them, but I'm happy to try to, Work those in, you know, if and when we get to sit down for a segment with her. Um, You know, what questions would you ask uh, the police chief? You know, are you happy or not happy with the 1.1 to 1,000 ratio of street officers here in Lincoln, Nebraska? You know, it's far below Grand Island. It's far below Omaha. Um, Are you worried about, 
you know, us hitting the magic 300,000 mark and, and crime starting to boom. You know, are we prepared for that? You know, do we need to modernize our police department? So, yeah, feel free to call in on that. Richard, I have one minute. I'm going to come to you. Here, here we go. Commander, uh, one minute isn't going to do it, but uh, I'll at least start. Okay. Um, here's the story. Going west on Interstate 80 from Omaha to Lincoln, we have three 18-wheelers going neck to neck. Neither one is overtaking the other, and the cars are backing up behind them. We need to seriously look at studying commuter rail between Lincoln and Omaha. We've got money from the uh, COVID relief uh, packages. Uh, We have unprecedented revenue coming into the state. And for $500,000, we can study the question of commuter rail. Richard, stay on the line. Stay on the line, and I'll come back to you after the break, okay? Okay. Commuter rail surveys, 1499.3. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins, powered by Barry Lawfer on 1499.3 KLIF. Oh, man, whatever Wednesday uh, in the middle of crime week, and uh, Richard's uh, got the commuter rail thing going. Uh, Richard, as promised, I let you back on the air. What do we got? Okay. Well, we have a bill pending in the legislature, which carried over from last session. It's LB12, and it's very simple. It says, study commuter rail between Lincoln and Omaha. That's not a commitment on the part of the legislature to actually build it. It's to take a look at it and see if it's feasible and what it would cost. And I think now is the time to do that study, because if we do the study, It'll be five years before we start building any sort of commuter rail system. Appreciate so, uh, it, Richard. Do the study. You want people. You want the legislator to vote it through. I certainly do, and we've got the money now with COVID relief funds and uh, uh, unprecedented amounts of tax receipts coming in. We can afford to do it, and we can't as a state. Right. I'll talk about that. I have a I have a follow up question, unrelated topic. Uh, County commissioners, you're right. We have a lot of money. Uh, are you aware that they paid Mark Zuckerberg for uh, money, four hundred thousand dollars, to help get the vote out? No, I, I'm not aware of that. Yeah, and, we're, we're running a story that's pretty much confirmed. But I wanted to let you know because I know you're you're not happy with the county commissioners. Right, and uh, I'm I'm still trying to dialogue with Pam Dingman because she's indicated there'll be some money from the COVID relief funds that can be used to fix the bridges. Yeah, but my sense is that it won't be nearly enough to get those bridges fixed and back in operation uh, soon. Thanks so. for the call, Richard. Okay, thank you, Commander. You bet. Well, here we are. I mean, we're sitting on a lot of money in the county, and uh county engineer needs to fix bridges. She can't get her 15 to $18 million. Uh, we want to study rails. Uh, we'll talk more about it when we come back. 1,499.3 KLIN. Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on The Voice of Lincoln. 1,499.3 KLIN. Okay, we're at the bottom of the hour here on a whatever Wednesday during Crime Week. Uh, today's guest, um, Colonel Tom Nesbitt uh, from the Lincoln Safety Foundation, has been moved to Friday due to the upheaval of the weather system moving through. Um, again, hope everybody's being safe out there and realizing that some of our 
fellow citizens don't have power, uh, but I'm sure it's, it's being worked on and it'll get back. Interesting enough, uh, commuter rail has taken over the show, and I, that's okay. It is whatever Wednesday. We're talking Crime Week. We're working towards uh, more education and more thoughts on crime, as well as uh, questions, if you have them, if you were able to ask the new police chief, um, working towards getting her on the show. And uh, and I have a very, you know, really, I've been talking about it for six months, you know, set of questions. It's just, you know, dealing with the future and lowering the crime rate and getting the uh, force you know, to a healthy level um, to respond to really the needs of the citizens, but really it's, you know, to the crime that's here in Lincoln-Lancaster area. We had Sheriff Terry Wagner on uh, on Monday, and he talked about the good collaboration that goes on between uh, the sheriff's office and LPD and the differences between uh, policing out, you know, in the county versus inside the city and also, uh, you know, saying the same thing you know manning's always the issue manning and retention and i think that's you know that's even the same in the military um you know so these are things you just can't take for granted um and you know there's just interesting things out there uh richard you know richard i mean he calls in a lot he's going to talk about rail um you know in all fairness he wants the legislation to pass a study for commuter rail um I'm going to disagree with him on three trucks going to Omaha side-by-side, side, meaning, yes, that can happen, Richard, but I have to say traffic in general in Nebraska is awesome. Okay? I, I, it's 14 minutes and 30 seconds plus or minus a minute. Oh, I always say 15 minutes anywhere in Lincoln, you know? It's 40 minutes to the edge of Omaha. It's, you know, an hour to downtown Omaha. Uh, Traffic flows. Uh, We are not a heavily congested area. Plain and simple, you know. Yeah, over the last 50 years, probably. Now, having said that, listen, I don't have a problem doing the study. I mean, if we have the money and the money can't be allotted somewhere else, it would make more sense, then go ahead and approve the study. But I would be more apt to get behind some kind of high-speed rail or commuter rail if, in fact, you know, it went from L.A. to New York City and just happened to go through here. Do you know what I mean? So could think of it like an upgraded Amtrak. You know, if you go to China or you go to Japan, um, and then obviously London or New York or L.A., you know, they'll have the underground stuff. Some of that stuff makes great sense, right? But... I don't see Nebraskans needing a commuter rail, say, between Grand Island, Lincoln, and Omaha. I just think that while that would look cool, I can't imagine that's the best way for us to spend our money right now in, say, 2021 up to 2030. Uh, Let's go to Ben, who wants to talk about commuter rail. Hey, Commander. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks Thanks for calling in. service, first and foremost. I appreciate that. (laughs) No problem. Hey, I well, I couldn't agree with you more on your previous statements, but um, committing $500,000 or whatever it is for a study on whether it makes sense for commuter rail is about as stupid as the high-speed Internet commitment that the governor made here or the legislature made not too long ago when you have private companies like Starlink doing it already. For, for rural areas. Mm. So why in the world would we spend government money, taxpayer dollars, on 
studying something that we just don't need. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting you bring that up. Number one, I really, yes, am not a fan of studying to study and spending money if, in fact, you can't show me where the other things that are important to the citizens, you know, that money could be used, right? Second, absolutely. Yeah, second, I wonder with, like, Starlink and even the governor, we hear all this talk about Silicon Prairie. Um, I'm not against that as a theory, right, or as a vision at all. But I wonder how much people think about culture with that. And if you brought a bunch of what is current, right, Silicon Valley, and the politics that go with that area of our country, you know, in mass to Nebraska. Because then all of a sudden you start thinking about, oh, well, ideas like wasting money on commuter rail, ideas on, you know, uh, this social program and that social program. All of a sudden, you're not even Nebraska anymore. But by God, we've all got high-speed Internet. Right. You know, and Richard's very passionate about it, and then that's cool. I mean, I I never mind when he calls in and, you know, takes a minute or two minutes of airtime. Listen, I I can push whatever I need to do to the show. But it's about, is that money well spent? And, oh, by the way, we don't have it bad in traffic here in Nebraska. We just don't. I'm sorry to tell folks that. Right. No, I, I lived in Germany for a year and a half. And I drove on, you know, the interstate system, the Autobahn Mm -hmm. in Germany and throughout Europe. And lo and behold, the laws are such that when you are not actively passing, you stay to the right. Yep, you get over. Semis, commercial vehicles, are limited to the right lane the vast majority of the time. If it's a three-lane road, they're limited to the right two lanes, and they get the heck over. When they're going to overtake, they do it, and they get over. Yeah. They overtake, um, get and, right back in the right lane. Exactly. And they have high-speed rail everywhere. Yeah. So they have it. You know, they have it figured out now. Population density, all these things that Nebraska doesn't even think about. I mean, the population density of Germany is insane right. compared to Nebraska. But... It's like, well, if you really want to speed up the interstates, well, okay, there are other ways to do it besides investing $500,000 into a a research project into whether high-speed rail makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at some point in time in Nebraska's history, maybe um, those things will be required. And I absolutely would encourage city planners, state planners to be ahead of the curve of people. But... You know, in the end of the day right now, I think we have a lot more prior, a lot higher priorities to spend our money on and to think through than, you know, the good idea of commuter rail. It's yeah, just the way absolutely. it is. I appreciate the absolutely. call, Ben. I got lots of other folks I got to get to. No problem. You have a great night. Yep. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Well, good call. Uh, Lyle, let's see what he has to say about this. Hey, Commander, this is Lyle Landley from uh, Springfield. How are you doing tonight? Thank you for your show. Well, you bet, Lyle. Appreciate it. How's everything out there in Springfield? It's very well, very well. A little bit of a storm, but uh, we're going to survive. We're going to survive. Good. But uh, I want to follow up on Richard's point. I think Richard is absolutely right, but more specifically, uh, not just high-speed rail. We, we really need to look at an electrified monorail. Um, number one, the noise volume of the interstate traffic is loud. On the other hand, the uh, electrified monorail, being electric, they're honestly, uh, it sounds corny, but they're silent as a cloud. 
Um, no, I've seen was, them on the West Coast. They are silent. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, monorails that have been installed in towns like uh, Ogdenville, Brockway, and North Haverbrook. And, and other than the incident in North Haverbrook, uh, you know, the monorail has really put those towns on the map. Um, now, where do you want it to run from? You want it in Lincoln? You want it in Omaha-Lincoln? Well, specifically, if it went through uh, you know Omaha to Lincoln and cut right through Springfield, that would be ideal. <laughs> well, hey, I now, can't fault you have, for that. Now, people, you know, I don't know if you've been to Springfield, but you know, people in Springfield might tell you, "Hey, look, you know, the, we got this money we're going to spend, but look, the, the streets in Mainfield, or excuse me, streets in Springfield are just all cracked and broken. Why would we spend money on the uh, the monorail when we could fix our streets?" But I guarantee you, if you put this before the people, it would pass overwhelmingly. And then, hey, look, the streets may be cracked and broken, but the mob will have spoken, and they will like the monorail. Well, hey, I like the way you're thinking, Lyle. I appreciate the call. Lyle Lanley, Springfield. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, here, I'll I'll be honest. When the people speak, you know, I, I think that's an important part of our our country. Now, having said that, I like that Lyle routed that through Springfield. Makes sense. Looking out for his domain. Certainly, you'd have to get some uh, cooperation from folks in Omaha and Lincoln. I do think if it came down to, I guess, high speed or the electric, I'd probably go for it. I've seen the electric ones in work, and they're pretty high speed, low drag, not a lot of noise. Uh, But I will say this. I mean, Springfield, you're going to need some help from the people in Lincoln and... um, and the people in Omaha to get that done. I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure that Nebraskans are willing to give up the automobile quite yet. And and frankly, like the, you know, <laughs> the, I think population density-wise and flow and, and traffic and just the way we live out here, we're many, many, many years, maybe even decades, from really needing that. And there's just, there's so many other things, right? And, you know, our taxpayers' money only goes so far. Um, now, if the state could pass a budget like the Biden administration, and we could just somehow print state of Nebraska money, we could do whatever we want, and I don't know who we'd bill, but <laughs> we just print money and do whatever we want. That wouldn't be good. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, my friends at Barry Law Firm have been practicing since 1965, and if you need Nebraska's... Nebraska attorneys to help you fight back in any criminal defense, personal injury, or military law, or as I like to say, veterans law, uh, you want to give my friends at Barry Law Firm a call at 402-704-3199. First of all, they understand the Constitution of the United States, they understand individual rights, and they realize that things come up. Things come up uh, with the law. Accidents happen uh, while you're at work. Uh, accidents happen on the road, and you can find yourself in a lawsuit. Or you're trying to fight for the benefits that you got off uh, fighting for your country. And so when that happens, it's so overwhelming and difficult to do on your own. So give them a call where they assign not just one lawyer, but a team of lawyers to help you fight back and win your case. You can make an appointment at jsberrylaw.com or give them a call at 402-704-3199. Oh, whatever Wednesday, Crime Week. Not talking about a lot of crime today, but it's probably a good break for everybody, um, to a degree. One of the things that keeps coming back when I think of crime is, it's just so interesting to me, um, and I think I've only done one or two shows asking about, you know, the January 6th riots, you know, 
Do you believe it's an insurrection? Do you believe it's not an insurrection? You know, should the U.S. government be doing an investigation, or is it all a political ploy? I mean, these are interesting subjects, and I've, I've said my piece on that, but I found it interesting today that the city of Washington, D.C. themselves is suing um, two groups of, of people, we're going to call them social change people, for the damage caused. And I think that's fine. But I have to think about my own city, and we had a riot, and we had $14 million in property damage and damage, and we didn't sue anybody. We know the FBI and many other agencies have tracked down, I think, 500 people. I could be wrong there, but there's several people that have been charged with, you know, a felony of obstruction of, you know, government proceedings. Um, That's all playing out in court. You know, criminal charges. So... In D.C., you've got criminal charges for January 6th, and now you have the city suing groups over damages. Do you know what? We had a riot in Lincoln, Nebraska, as I said. We don't have any criminal charges. Zero. And we're not going to. And we don't have anybody in the city thinking we've got to hold people accountable for the $14 million in damage. I find that sickly hilarious. Sickly hilarious. That that's how we feel when groups want to come into Lincoln, Nebraska and break the law. Uh, Elena on Lawn 1. I think I got it right. Elena? Yes. Yes. Okay. Welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you. Um, Thank you for the show. Thank you for what you do. Um, I'm glad you got me on. Uh, I wanted to... One of the things I wanted to talk about and address um, is the DHM that is, uh, we've heard a lot of things about the DHM and the directed health measure in Lancaster County, which as an aside is the only county in Nebraska to have one, but that's very true. The point. Um, I'm here to encourage all residents uh, to read the most recent DHM that is dated uh, November 23rd of 2021 that is set to expire in a uh, week-ish Week-ish? Or so. Yeah, I like that. I like the ish. In, um, and I would also encourage them to, to read the entire thing, which includes exemptions on pages three and four. Um, there are points A through H that are listed. And I would like to also note that discrimination, harassment, and bullying is nowhere in the DHM. About 30 seconds. Uh-huh. You got 30 seconds. Okay. It specifically, however, has a question and answer section that says, and I quote, what do I do if I see someone not wearing a mask, even though they should be? And the answer given in the DHM is nothing. Some people cannot wear a mask. Just wear your face mask and stay six feet away. So just a, a, a friendly reminder to everybody. Yeah. Hey, it's well worth reading. I, I doubt... Most folks uh, read the entire thing, and it's a good reminder. Um, Yes, we do have a mandate, but that doesn't give you carte blanche to interject yourself in other people's lives. Respect the mandate. Respect everybody else. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. Thank you. 1,499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 1,499.3 KLIN. 
All right, we're finishing up whatever Wednesday. Chris Lofgren is in here to give us kind of a weather update. Just kind of give you a, a heads up on what's going on. And it, this will really give you an idea of how fast that storm is moving. So what is it, about a three-hour drive from here to Des Moines? Yes. That storm is bearing down on Des Moines right now. Wow. So... Uh, that fortunately, the strongest part of that storm is gone. We're likely to see some gusty winds into the early a.m. hours. Um, and let's see, what else did I have? 28-degree drop since 3 o'clock, so Ooh. we're about 55 degrees. And we got it at about 72 at my place, so I know it was felt really nice today up until that point. And uh, there is the potential for some passing showers overnight as well, very slight as it might be. And I believe the temperature is going to continue to drop. So, yep. as I like to say, black ice or a low, dark, dark a ice low might for, be out there. of about twenty-eight degrees. That's a good point. It, we, we could, with the moisture that we have, we got from the storm, and that'll create some humidity. Yeah, and then you'll all of a sudden you'll maybe see some. Yeah, icy be safe streaks. out there. It was a yep. weird uh, like. 28, 48 hours, I mean, there was a lot of moisture that you didn't, you couldn't actually see, but you noticed the ground looked like maybe there had been little sprinkles or it something. It did, yeah. So, uh, Very good. Yeah, be safe out there, Lincoln, Lancaster County. Thanks for the update, Chris. You bet. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, hey, we talked a little bit of crime. We talked some uh, high-speed internet. We talked some commuter rail study, uh, electric rail, uh, Springfield. Get that vote going. And then after you get it passed, Go to Omaha and Lincoln. Let's try to get it done. No, that's it's it's fair. Uh, it's just an interesting thing. What's on your mind, Lincoln? Tomorrow we're going to have uh, Pat Condon, the county attorney, on. Uh, keep plugging away at Crime Week. Uh, police chief is tentatively scheduled to come on. We don't know when yet. And Friday we'll have uh, former state trooper Colonel Tom Nesbitt on, who represents and is the spokesman for Lincoln Safety Foundation. Oh, whatever Wednesday. And we got Husker Volleyball coming tomorrow, too, folks. So don't forget that. All right. 1499.3 Drive Time Lincoln.